And good morning, everybody. It's another hot day here in Houston. Of course, it was, what, 78 at 6 a.m., so what can I say? Now, there is one thing that we did missed, and we want to talk about a little bit, is the Houston Horror Film Festival going on at the Marriott Hotel this weekend. It's a, They have some great actors and actresses there. Go by and check them out. Go by, check out the vendors. Everything should be good. Now, we do have a special guest with us, Tara Tinsley. She's a singer and songwriter. And I know we have a lot of authors that watch, so she might talk a little bit about the songwriting and how to put the words with music. That would be helpful for some of those people. All right, let's say hey. Everybody say hey, Amy, CJ. Hey, <laughs> you underestimated when you said it was hot. It's not hot. It's just like hot and sticky. I would probably rather be in an oven than outside, okay? And I'm used <laughs> to dry heat, okay? Dry heat's where I'm from. San Antonio dry heat, I got it. But the Houston Brian, oh my God, I feel like I'm in a swamp. Not, it's gross. Describe well, and this time of the year is actually just the warm up because July and August are worse. So this is like the preheating of the oven. So if it's already just preheating, can you imagine how hot it's going to be come July and August? It's just gross, gross, gross. But it is sunshining. There's no rain, no nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's a given. So it is a beautiful day out. So I'm uh, thankful that it is a nice day. Obviously, you're not here in Houston because, I mean, it rains every what every no. two three hours depending on what part of the city you're in i know i remember that i do not i do not miss that at all i don't and i'm not that far north from you i mean i'm only an hour and a half from cyprus so I, i'm not that far north and i'm clear skies of it so hey lufkin we're clear as a bell <laughs> uh we're gonna be raining all next week and who knows what's gonna happen this weekend we just play it by ear down here yeah. Well, but, at this point, our trees are finally drying out because we planted a lot of new baby trees with the orchard on Serenity Acres. And so they've been like drowning for the last month and a half. So they're finally drying out. But we need to focus on the reason why we're here today, which is <laughs> Tara Tinsley. <laughs> Definitely. Well, you know, my weather here is very similar. So uh, I'm in the Dallas area. So if you want to keep talking about weather, we can. Right. <laughs> hey, there you go. So you can relate to the, you know, bipolarness of our Texas state. Because yeah. it's a bipolar weather state. Like the panhandle gets snow, and then further south you go, you just get more humid. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. There's, there's a few times a year I wish I lived in the panhandle, and then not so much, you know? <laughs> Really? I would, uh, no, I would not want to live in the Panhandle because I hear they have tarantula crossings, and I do not do spiders. No, I got those. I'm okay. I got, I got those. They're not as big as the ones in California, but I can, I can deal. I'm all right. I run <laughs> from it, and as long as it doesn't chase me, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing, though. They chase me, and I'm not kidding. I've been yeah. in places where spiders. It's this huge place, and a spider's literally dropping in front of me, or they're crawling on the floor. They love you, CJ. They love you, They, they sense your fear. They see their friend. They just obviously they feel a mutual connection and they want to be your BFF. Just accept it. I've come to mutual. It is like rockers. They're like everywhere. They're stuck. You know, like Tom Cruise coming in. Yes. Impossible. Coming in wherever they are. I mean, black widows who are supposed to hide. I've opened a door before and it's sitting right near the alligator. Well, maybe you just have. You have the eye to spot them, you know? Maybe it's just you're very observant when it comes to spiders. You know you are never, you know you are never more than three feet from a spider wherever you are at any given time. Uh, that doesn't bring me comfort because I'm in my house and I'd like to think that my house is a bug-free zone. So it's my mind. Not in Texas. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm like, oh, no, it's a happy bug-free zone. Yes, okay, that's what it is. No, no, my, husband, my husband even sprays poison. We have like a three foot radius around the house because me and spiders don't get along so well. He makes sure there's a three foot radius. Anything outside of that three foot radius is welcome to stay and live and take care of the mosquitoes, etc. But they're not allowed in the house. But I do know that they're here. <laughs> well, I'm sure those mosquitoes are taking those tarantulas and just carrying them off as large as they are down here. Yeah, they are. <laughs> mosquitoes very much so. 
Yeah. Well, we did mention singing and songwriting. And one thing that I did read on your bio is that you actually wrote a song with Tracy Lawrence. Yeah, I did. Wow. Tell us about that experience. So um, I guess the way it's happened was I, I used to live in Nashville and I was at this, you know, hunting fishing event and there was this guy over yonder, as you guys might say in Texas, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and he was uh, trying to pour a beer into a to-go mug. And he wasn't pouring it correctly, so it was overflowing everywhere. Oh so me being the you know, superhero that I am, I grabbed uh, a bunch of napkins for him and started wiping up his mess. Um, and he looked up at me and he's like, hey, thank you, uh, you look familiar. Uh, you, do you do anything in town? And I said, you know, I'm kind of new here, but uh, my name's Tara Tinsley and I, you know, I write music and I play. And I was like, but you know, you look familiar too. Like, <laughs> what's your name? And he said, with this all like knowing smile, Tracy Lawrence. <laughs> oh, wow. And we got to talk and it turns out he was trying to next door his wife was at a soccer event um for their kids and he was trying to bring her a beer that was really nice of him right <laughs> and so he's putting it to go mug to go take it to her um, next door but anyway we got to talking about music and songwriting and he said my story reminded him of his when he first moved to town so he's like you know do you want to write together and so i was like oh yeah i do that'd be really cool so i you know we my people talk to his people, you know, or really like, you know, I emailed him and, um, and yeah, we, we got together with his, uh, longtime co-writing partner, Flip Anderson, and we wrote, um, more sinners than saints. Um, the original idea when we were in the moment, um, you know, took some time to get to, cause, uh, Tracy was kind of on the, you know, tear in your beer, sort of like crying your river sort of thing. And then Flip kept saying, um, you know, let's get off, let's get over that, you know? And so, um, we all kind of got to the point where we're like, oh, this, this is a kind of a fun, uh, song, fun, carefree song that's, you know, faster and not so, you know, sad, but he, Tracy is so good though at singing those slow songs. I swear I have a copy of him singing this song uh, that we wrote together, but a slow version, I kind of made it more rock and roll because that's my style more. Um, and it sounds really good when he sings it slow, but it's, I like it a little faster, more rock and roll. So how did you, I, I know people kind of cringe when they're like, how, the question of how did it start sort of idea, but you know, kind of take us a little bit back on that journey of how you've climbed as far as you have. Okay. Well, um, well, from the beginning, I loved playing music and singing, uh, but I was always too shy. I uh, wouldn't even sing in front of my own family, but I loved doing it for some crazy reason. And there got to a point where um, my mom started teaching me the national anthem. We used to race at the motocross races, and um, there was no national anthem singer. So she saw that, and she was just like, you know, secretly had an ulterior motive or something, teaching me the national anthem. And then one day we arrive at the motocross track and she's like, hey, so we don't have a national anthem singer. Can she sing? And she knows I'm the kind of person that if I am have an obligation, I feel really bad if I don't do it. So since he said yes, I was forced to just sing the national anthem, even though I'm so shy in front of all these people. And I remember feeling like I did terrible, even though people cheered, I was like, it's because it's the national anthem. They're cheering because it's the national anthem, not because I did a good job. I, this was terrible, I'm never singing again, because that's what the shy person says, right, for every public thing they do. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm walking down the stairs and this woman comes up to me, and I was about 14, or no, maybe I was 15 or 16, I'm not sure, I was somewhere around there. And she comes up to me and she says, that was amazing. And then as I walked away from her you know, comments, I was like, I'm doing this forever. This is the best thing. And you know how wishy-washy teenagers are. And from there, I realized I had to get over my shyness. And I took some improv acting classes, which are um, 
you know, the shy person's worst nightmare <laughs> and having to be in front of people and then come up with something on the fly when you have this fear of people. And then eventually, you know, that kind of got me over all that. And I moved to California. I was living in Michigan during this time, moved to California and uh, basically started playing shows and um, made connections and then moved to Nashville. And, you know, here I am in Texas today. So I guess that's like a shortish long version. <laughs> well, I get the shy thing. Um, I did drama for a while, but the beauty of drama is it's somebody else's word. It's not you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so like the difference between improv and drama is huge. One of the best words given to you and you're just playing it for person. So Again, I'm as probably as painfully shy as you are. I uh, would hide behind the tables at the uh, book shows. So how I came over it was I just thought, okay, draw on my drama stuff. And I just pretended like I was the cheerleader or whatever and would just yes. pull all energy out as much as I could until I finally just started developing a thick skin. Yeah, you know, and what's funny about you saying that is that I would just imagine to myself getting on stage that Tara Tinsley with someone else than just Tara. Like I'm Tara every day, but Tara Tinsley is this confident person that is super comfortable with this. And so it's kind of funny that you said that because it's kind of what I did. Yeah. And we were talking before the show is that you're kind of like a nature kid. You know, I'm a nature yeah. kid too, so I get it, I understand it. And I think that might be like a shy quality or something. We kind yeah. of live in nature. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, when you're when you're doing the two, you almost have to have a dual mindset. Yeah. When you're yes. doing it. so, you know, but it allows you to stay grounded and stay humble in yourself. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's and two as a shy person, I think a big reason why you don't want to be in front of people is because you're afraid of, you know, the judgment maybe, or um, just afraid of messing up or whatever it, but it, it comes from fear. Mm -hmm. And so I learned a long time ago that, you know, if you're going to take in um, the positive things people say about what you're doing, you're going to take in the negative things as well. And when you do that, your d definition of yourself comes from other people. So, I realized that if I'm going to do this, I really need to keep all of it out and just know who I am besides all that and be like, that's awesome. Like, I'm glad you like my stuff or I'm glad, or I'm not glad you don't like my stuff, but that's okay because not everyone's going to like it and kind of just keep it not inside me and just acknowledge what people say, maybe take constructive criticism when I feel like it really applies and then move on instead of just because if you, if you dwell on the good things, you're going to dwell on the bad things. And that both of those things can destroy you in different ways. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, one of the other things that I was reading about, which I'm highly impressed with, is you actually toured a little bit with Boston. Yeah. No, I didn't tour. I actually opened for them once in Modesto. Okay. Very cool, though. That would have been, that, I guess, like a thrill of a lifetime type. Because that's, <laughs> I mean, Boston's Boston. A lot of people definitely know who they are. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's funny is at the time I didn't really know who they were that much. I mean, I was more into, you know, Tom Petty and Molly Hatchet and stuff. Um, but out of all the bands um, I was super excited to open for, you might I don't know if you really heard of them. They weren't super famous, but Sister Hazel, I uh, grew up really loving their music and just listening to it all like, sad sometimes because they have some sad songs and you know, as a teenager you know you're sad a lot and um or at least i was uh and so i love their music and it was cool to kind of come for, full circle and open for them and realizing ooh, like the sad turns happy you know and then hearing their songs and being super excited after i played seeing them and just and the guy uh the lead singer well they're all singers but the main guy he comes up to me after I played and said, I did a good job. It was just the coolest thing. It's like, okay, <laughs> try not to keep that positive thing inside me either. But it was really cool. <laughs> Speaking of getting things out from inside of you, songwriting. How did you venture from covers to writing your own stuff? And what is that like kind of, I know being an author, it's like every time I put a book out there, you're like putting a part of your soul and you're kind of like, 
presenting it very gently, like, please don't squish it, please don't squish my heart. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, so when I started, I was against doing covers. I never wanted to do covers. I'm like, that's just wrong, you know? And for some reason, you know, just the rebel inside of me, I guess. Um, and so I would only do originals, and then when I moved to California, I had to play longer shows. I realized I needed to start doing covers, so um, I think putting myself out there obviously was always difficult, you know, in any way, obviously, because I was shy, but, um, but I don't know, there's something about, maybe I just had this need inside to just share what's inside me, and also I feel like with music, too, I didn't always do this, but it kind of developed into a thing where I wanted to share, you know, my experiences through song or other people's experiences through song to maybe help other people, and then it makes it not so, like, Ah, all me, you know, but it is it is scary too. I think live shows more than anything because you'd get in front of different audiences and you're playing your music and you know they could just not care at all and that you're just standing there like why am I even here? I was at a show one time where I felt that and actually more than once, but there's this one time that was the worst in Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee, and just. I didn't even know why anyone was there, but I was also questioning why I was and you know It really it doesn't matter if you're playing originals or covers just that uh, feeling like uh, Okay, well am I terrible, you know, but I left and went to Nashville after that and then it felt amazing but it's just you know, I realized that yeah, like you can really let it get to you and let the those situations really get you down and then the amazing things bring you up and that's why I said that earlier about just like ugh, like trying to separate yeah. yourself from that in both ways. That's a lot of thing with music and writing music because a lot of the artists put their heart and soul into it. Yeah. And you're you really are putting yourself out there. Like CJ said when an author comes up with a book, it's like, okay, here's my work. Please yeah. love it. You you're don't you're anxious for that I, first I review. And, it. Just don't squish it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Don't say the negative things. Only the positive. Just, just don't tear it up. I don't care if you yeah. don't like it. Just don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have a birthday coming up, and first, happy birthday! I think. Oh, thank you. July first, I think. Yes, yes. Oh, happy birthday! But, thank you. But you do a a promotion for preemies. Explain how and why you got into that. Okay, so. Well, usually every uh, birthday I put on some sort of promotion, um, and right now it's free shipping uh, on my website. But I also occasionally, for different reasons, uh, donate 50% of the profits um, from my sales online or in person if I'm doing in-person shows to a cause. And um, right now I'm donating 50% 50, 50 of my profits to Miracle Babies because, uh, well, I... Miracle Babies is a organization that um, assists people in many different ways uh, to help uh, the people that have had preemie babies. And uh, so my niece, it, she was born three months and one week early. And that's, she was born one pound, two ounces. And through her little like journey of strength and just, you know, literally she's a miracle um, coming through that and just seeing, you know, everything my brother and sister-in-law went through. And then to also see the little girl she is today, um, I ended up, you know, when I was living in Nashville, writing a song called Better Early Than Never about that experience um, with my friend James McNair. And you know, that has always stuck in my mind because it's such a big part of our family. They were, she was the first, you know, my first niece or nephew, right? She was my first niece or any child that was from my siblings. And it was just a crazy experience. So um, I just feel like looking at what they went through and what other people go through, whether it's like a happier story or a not so happy story, no matter what, I think a lot of these people need assistance. I mean, my, um, my niece, I'm pretty sure this is accurate, um, but my brother and sister-in-law can correct me if I'm wrong, but they, the total amount of time she spent in the hospital cost $1 million. $1 million. And luckily they had insurance 
they didn't have to pay for a lot of that. They had to pay for quite a bit, but they didn't have to pay for a lot of that. And there's uh, some people that, you know, don't have that. So that's why Miracle Babies exists. I mean, they give diapers and, you know, they help people a lot in different ways. And I, that's why I feel like, um, you know, your art, your world's already shattered. You're wondering, you know, is your baby going to live or, you know, what kind of disabilities they might have or not have. And so, and then all you also have to think about money and that's the kind of what the song talks about too. And so that's why I like to help, um, every so often miracle babies because they, they help those people. Now, which song in particular, if was that again? Better early than never. Better early than never. And the 50% of the proceeds, is that from all of your sales? Uh, yeah, all sales. Um, yeah, all. Okay, for the month of July. For Yeah, for the month of July. Starting now, though, until July 31st. And then also, no matter what, all sales for Better Early Than Never, if anyone buys the song, um, all sales always go to Miracle Babies for that song. Very cool. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Nice. And that can be found on Spotify or where can they find that? Yeah, you can find, you can purchase Better Early Than Never um, on anywhere like apple music my website uh bandcamp you can listen stream on spotify or i think google play all those you know you can stream anywhere and you find it probably anywhere just if you can't you know just want to google it you can google it or just uh use your the place that you usually listen to music the most and um, what website taratinsley.com in the comments down down below for if you're watching now or you're watching later it is in the comments, but I want I want to slightly switch gears. I want to know what brought you to Texas and what brought you to Dallas. I was born and raised here, so I'm a huge, I'm just, I don't know, I have the heart and soul of a Texas girl. And so I believe that nowhere else is as good as Texas. And that's, you know, just me personally. But I would love to know like what brought you here and why you, you picked Dallas and how you like it so far since you've lived all over. I mean, like Nashville is probably the closest I would say to Texas living in my opinion, so. <laughs> Yeah, it is very similar. Um, but so I, I would tour here a lot. And my brother and sister-in-law have lived here forever. And my sister used to live here. So I've been here a lot. My aunt, my aunt and uncle live here. So um, I always loved playing shows here. Uh, it's the one place where, you know, you were talking about original CJ and um, playing covers. And it's the one place where you can play original songs and people get up and dance and stuff, you know, like other places they're listening and it's cool. But I mean, people don't really get up and dance for really anything, especially an acoustic show. I mean, all I was doing was playing acoustic guitar and singing and they're getting up and dancing. It's so cool. Usually, you need a band for that. So um, loved that. And also um, I was living in Seattle at the time, well, you know, Tacoma um, with my husband because uh, he lived there. And it's a long story how I got there, but I was there. Okay. And uh, it's really rainy if you've ever been. And uh, I moved from Nashville to Washington, like basically for him. Um, in with the agreement and the idea that we both like sunshine we both like warmth and we weren't gonna always stay there so uh, moving there it was really great but too rainy too cloudy we want sunshine and warmth so we thought okay where's family California we have family that's warm Texas family it's warm okay let's do Texas because I I've lived in California for 10 years. Um, it was awesome prices and everything. You know, there's many reasons why I feel like Texas is our home. I feel like it really, um, Texas is the heart of Texas is more of what we're about to. And, um, just the, the culture, the people just walking on the street, being able to, you know, make friends with people is so much easier. And I'm all about that because I'm kind of an introvert and it's harder for me to make friends. So it's, I don't know, we, Texas was kind of like, it was a hard decision to get to because he also wanted Arizona, which his friends were there, but finally I won. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. You picked the better of the options. That's but I mean, I'm a biased country or Texas country girl, so I yeah. have to agree. So, so I know with the pandemic, that had to have been hard because you couldn't have been able to tour or anything or like that. So yeah. how has that affected you? I know you've done shows via Facebook, but how has that overall affected you? So what's funny, not funny, I guess, but what's ironic um, about 
this whole thing is when the pandemic hit, I was pregnant. And so I ended up having a pandemic baby, they call it, right? Hey, um, good enough. Yeah, right on. Cool. Right on. See? So, yeah, you get it. Yes. And so, so you was, got time off though during your pregnancy, which is a good thing because then you could relax and keep baby okay and everything. Yeah, and plus I already wasn't doing anything, so yeah. I moved to Texas. So we moved to Texas um, December two thousand nine. No, November. I don't know. I think it was something like that. Two thousand nineteen. So um, when we came here, you know, it was like a few months before the pandemic. So I already wasn't planning on not doing anything because I used to play a bunch of shows. I used to. Um, teach music lessons and I thought I'm not going to do anything so I'm about to have a baby and um, I thought my belly would be bigger too I don't know like I thought I thought like it would be the it would be too hard to play guitar like my belly would be out to here I could have totally played shows but I just decided not to um, and it was perfect timing anyway because then the pandemic hit and then um, then obviously having a newborn and all that it's just you know impossible to just want to do anything when you're so tired <laughs> and so I mean it's it kind of like it's weird but I was already planning on not doing anything so yeah. it really didn't affect my plans um, the baby kind of affected the idea of how I thought things were gonna be you know like oh I'll get back to doing stuff so much quicker than I actually did <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, doing the online shows is cool, and I still haven't played any in-person shows yet just because I'm trying to, like, navigate how I'm going to do that. I think I'm ready. Um, but, yeah, having a kid, as anyone knows, right, uh, it, it takes up a lot of time, and I want her to be number one, you know, when it comes to my time. And um, I don't want her to ever feel like I, you know, was too focused on my music and stuff, even though I am. It's just it's not like the number one priority anymore. So when I don't do stuff, when I can't play shows, when I can't do stuff, it's not a huge disappointment because I already planned this happening. But I do want to do things occasionally. I'm just not going to do it like I used to, unfortunately. Yeah. But things, things switch gears. I, I totally get it. I have two girls. They're 13 months apart, and my my youngest one was during a pandemic. And so yeah. it was, I totally, I understand, but I, I went right to work, but I'm virtual. So that's, yeah. that's how I, I manage that. But now, I mean, I've had to, to have a, a babysitter or a nanny, I guess, come and watch so I can do meetings and your priorities really do shift, you know, cause yes. I mean, that's who I am. I try to do everything either Monday through Friday or Monday and Friday. So my kids feel like they have just mommy time and, and stuff, so I totally get it. But on the, on the on the belly thing, my first child, I didn't get that big. My second child, oh my gosh, it was like my husband used to tell me he was like, "Wow, that's like a nine pound woman." So he would make me take pictures next to watermelons. It was awful. I don't know what pregnant woman wants that. And so then after I had my pandemic baby. <laughs> we have like a wall of mirrors and he has my water like my watermelon photos and he's like hey this is when it was like a seven pound watermelon that's <laughs> awesome he tortures me and it's cool okay it's really cool that's so <laughs> I, funny. I totally i get it i mean i mean i don't know if you had the same experience but i mean my husband couldn't go to my appointment so i was on my appointments by myself and then you know labor and delivery you know with a mask on and it was just it was intense. So I, I totally feel this pandemic baby. And I'm like, you are special because of that, but I love you equally. But you're just kind of special with your pandemic babyness. Imagine this. Thankfully, I didn't have to wear a mask, but it's because they made me do a COVID test while in labor. Yes. Oh, that my was. Yes. While in labor? Yes. Yes. Because she said, you have to wear a mask unless you do the COVID test. Yeah. Because um obviously like if you don't do the covid test then they're just gonna assume you have covid they're gonna treat you like and then and they said they would come in like with hazmat suits on and everything and i'm yes. like okay oh my gosh no, yes so i went into labor i got my covid shot because i was going to be induced because my second daughter decided to come late she just needed to have this entrance and be late and it was like four hours after i got my covid test for my scheduled induction that my daughter came and it was it was like oh my god you just waited for my COVID test and I had to have him like all throughout my pregnancy I think I had to get it like three times throughout just to make sure 
And yeah. I mean, it's just like at the at the point you just get there and you're like, yeah, do your thing. I got it. You know, <laughs> I was like, I'm experienced in this COVID testing thing. Like, yeah. yeah. You're just so tired. You're like, man, I'm so pregnant. I'm tired. Yeah, stick the little thing up my nose. At this point, I don't care. You know? And yeah, well, honestly, if you're in so much pain, more weird things happening doesn't affect you like it would if no weird things were happening or no pain was happening. Yeah, like, you got time to fixate on it, but you have so much else going on that you're yeah. like, I don't care. You know, 500 people could walk in the room and I'm done caring. <laughs> I'm over, you know? Yeah. So, no, I, uh, yes. Yes, I can I'm just surprised the doctors and nurses were brave enough to make pregnant women do that because any they pregnant know women I know in labor are violent. <laughs> no, you're not. I don't. I wasn't violent, but I mean, it's like they were putting my IV in. My daughter came in 45 minutes. Okay, my second daughter, and it was like if I didn't make it to the hospital, my daughter was coming in in the car, kind of thing. So I was like in the middle of. Like the people in the ER, they wanted me out. So I had to go into the ER and they were like blowing up labor and delivery's phone to come get me. Cause they were like, you need to come get this woman. We don't want this baby here. Like it was that kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. So you're like in labor and this lady's like trying to stick me with an IV and I don't even, I guess she made it. I mean, I have no idea. And I don't do needles. I usually get lightheaded and stuff. And at this point you don't care. Like, you just don't care. You really don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, you're just like, whatever. Like, I mean, for me, I mean, this sounds really bad, but like, you can be drunk people fighting and you're just like, I don't care what's going on. Like, <laughs> like you just don't care about anything. You're just, oh, you're we're going to have the team from down the street come in. Sure. Come on in. I <laughs> telling you, you just, you stop caring. It's just one of those things. So now I'm like, I don't care about a bunch of stuff now. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, while we're while we're on the subject of this, let's, let's, let's change it a little bit. Okay. Over to this side. It was a big ghost pandemic baby. The whole pandemic thing. Yeah. Man, it was it went. No, I'm the one side question. Funky question today. Today is easy. I thought it was a fun. It was a fun question. But I opened the gate, okay. <laughs> it's it's reality. I mean, it's reality. It's what people are dealing with. It's what yeah, it's true. And it's reality. It's life. It's, it's fun, Greg. What what topic would you rather talk about? Well, <laughs> I know he's uh, let's see. going la 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 la. <laughs> Well, I know I know you're doing a show next month to talk about your song Faith, so I don't want to take anything away from that, especially since this has been posted there. But what can you tell us about it? And then I know that it's been on a what was it, Christian country radio? Yeah, yeah. So um so hey, let's see. What can I tell you about it? So <laughs> basically, um the idea for the song came when I was I was living in Tacoma and going to this church called Trinity Church and the pastor there um, started talking about basically you know a, the chorus kind of you know like what basically what the chorus says and uh, when he was talking it really hit me it stuck with me and I couldn't let it go and that's all of a sudden you know you know it's, you're gonna you're gonna write a song you know and so as we were leaving, I just wrote down a bunch of notes and realized later when it couldn't leave my head that what I wrote down was the chorus. I mean, it was the first half of the chorus. And then the second half of the chorus just came so easily from there. But then I still obviously didn't have the rest of the song. And one day I was walking on the waterfront of Tacoma, um, like there's, Thayfoss waterway where I used to live and with my dog and you know it was kind of rainy and gloomy and like usual and all of a sudden I just felt like you know the the ver the first verse like you tell me I won't escape trouble and I can't hide from the rain and I mean you know in, in Seattle area you can't hide from the rain <laughs> but it's like but it was like more metaphorical you know and um, cause it, it, it was kind of more like, 
you know, you could talk about like the enemy or, you know, people that come against you or whatever. You, this is in response to that saying, you know, you could tell me all these things, but I know who I am. And I have faith in the one who gives me that definition of who I am. And that's basically the song is, you know, if you're coming against anything that as long as you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you know, you can get over it all, not because of your strength, but because of God, because our, uh, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so, Philippians uh, 13. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, that song um, just stuck with me so much that I, you know, I was like, we, I need to record this when I go to Nashville. And uh, from there, you know, we did the music video, um, filmed it actually, you know, in the, um, by, you know, Mount Rainier with all the beautiful scenery and, um, and yeah. And so that's all I guess I could say for now without going into a really long explanation. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I said, I do know that you plan on doing a show, I think you said, next month on your Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. How could people get a part of that? Let them know how they can become part of Tinsley, Tara Tinsley Insiders. So um, so the, the Insiders group is a group where I do special things for my fans. And, you know, I do... Um, I'm going to be doing more through the summer. I haven't been as lately because I've been busy with the faith release and stuff, but, you know, doing like, you know, sneak peeks to new songs and um, special, you know, live streams and even some, um, you know, uh, exclusive downloads and stuff like that. Um, and it's, uh, if you want to find it, you just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Tara Tinsley. And, um, and then, yeah, I will post it there, but, that show will also be on YouTube, though, youtube.com forward slash Tara Tinsley. Because um, that, that's more of a public thing, though I am going to do some more exclusive stuff for the insiders. Um, and it's going to be every song I release, I do a behind the songs episode. Because um, a lot of people like to know the story behind the song. And so I go in at more an in-depth um, like dissection of the story and I'm also going to talk about the music video because a lot of people have had questions about that um, as well. Now I listened to this long before we got on and I shared the YouTube link for that particular song before we got on here today um, and I just like I said I fell in love with the chorus. Would you mind doing the chorus for us? <laughs> yeah I mean I can play the whole song. If you play the whole song yeah. I would love it. Cool. I'll do it. Awesome. Yeah, I'll mute us. I just happen to have a guitar right here. No. Um, this, <laughs> <laughs> this song is actually, um, if you notice in the, um, when you hear it, it's a very piano forward song though. Um, but hooking up piano and stuff for, for this sort of thing, I, um, that's harder than an acoustic guitar. So I figured I'd do an acoustic version for you. And, um, and I've heard people like, I've recently played this for someone acoustic and, the guy, one of the guys said he liked this version better, so who knows? <clears throat> Can't seem to see how 
mountain, how big the walls of Jericho are. How tall the lion is, or that I'm against all odds. There's a way when there seems to be no way. There's a shout that'll shatter a wall. There's a stone that'll make a great giant fall. But there's a one thing that can stand against it all. How thick the walls of Jericho are How tall the lion is Or that I'm against all odds There's a way when there seems to be no way There's a shout that'll shatter a wall There's a stone that'll make a great giant fall But it's the one thing that can stand against it all Faith is the one thing that can stand against it all. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I feel Definitely like going to church. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, I listened to it this morning and it just gave me goosies. And I'm like, everybody has been at that point at some point in their life. If they haven't, they will. Yes. And so it gives people hope. And I love that about that song. Good. Yeah. That's That was the goal. You know, I feel like with this song more than any song, I just, you know, even if it just reaches one person and changes their life, maybe in just a small way that helps them, then it was all worth it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of power behind that song. You know, Hebrews 11, they call it the hall of faith. And so you've pulled a lot of the different elements from that and, you know, just the different powerful points of what God can do and God can help people behind it. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks. Now, I know you said that your 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 daughter's number one, or that's definitely. But do you plan on going back around, like maybe the state of Texas, different places? Yeah, I definitely. I mean, my husband has been encouraging me to um, <laughs> to get out again um, and do different shows and stuff. So I do plan on definitely getting local um, and even through Texas. Um, not sure where it goes from there. I feel like if God goes, here's an opportunity, do it. Like then that's where I'm going. Um, but I'm just, you know, I have my plans. And then if God's like, well, you know, you probably should do a tour then. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But <laughs> which I wouldn't be like so upset about, but I definitely don't want it to interfere. You know, I don't want to ever just feel like I'm, you know, leaving and always gone. I know there's some, you know, I sing a lot of country music and um, I know a lot of country artists in Nashville, they'll be weekend warriors where they'll go away for the weekend, you know, and come back because they have families, they want to be home. And then there's others that um, like pop stars, you know, a lot of pop stars do this, but a lot of some major country art artists do as well as they're always gone, maybe three, four, five, six months out of the year, you know? And it's just, I, I couldn't do that. I, if I was going to do that, I'd be more of a weekend warrior type, you know, where I just, you know, go, you know, to a region, play a few shows, come back and then, you know, go from there. Well, I know there's a place in the woodlands, which isn't too far from here called Dosey Does, which yes, it is. just, just remember that. And I'll definitely get some people there to go see you. Yeah. Well, cool. Right on. That'd be fun. Oh, Amy or CJ? Well, I just, like I said, I want to thank you. And I really appreciate you putting that song out there. I know when Carrie Underwood put her Jesus Take the Wheel out there, she got given a lot of grief. And with that song helped a lot of people. And I have a feeling this one will do the same once it starts getting out and getting circulated, if it hasn't already. Yeah. Well, you know, if if they say if... um, you feel like the devil has left you alone, Mm -hmm. then you're probably not doing so much of the right thing. Right. So like if, if you're doing something good, you're always going to have someone coming against you. And that means that it's what you should be doing. So you got to expect it and I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. 
No, I mean, this is this has been a fun conversation. I got to make Greg squirm a little bit, which is always fun for me. I think you need to make that our goal. Producer. I love it. I love it. That's just my my weekend has been made now. <laughs> Thanks for having the like fun, awkward squirming conversation with me, you know, to make Greg squirm. But uh. it's been awesome. Your music is definitely beautiful. And I know that it resonates with a lot of people. So I would, I guess the the way I would close it out for myself is to just keep doing what you're doing because you're amazing at it. And congratulations on on your daughter. Girls are awesome. Mine's about to open the door here in a minute. So I gotta hurry and mute myself. But <laughs> I just, I mean, this was just, it was awesome. This was such a great Saturday conversation and having you on and doing a live performance was just amazing. So thank you so much for coming on and. Talking with us, you know, weird. <laughs> I like to call us the weird bunch, but I love it. So that's just very unique. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, Speaking of which, do you have the drawing ready? Or are we going to have to do another weekend for that? No, I have it, Greg. Give me a minute. Well, I should pull that up. Thank you for singing your song live, Tara. We really appreciate it. Yes. Oh, You're welcome. And we definitely appreciate you being on our show. Yes. Yeah. Always so fun. You're talking about weird stuff. I mean, I love awkward situations because it really brings out who you are, you know? And then plus, it breaks the barriers. They say you can learn more in an hour of play or any awkward stuff um, from someone than you can in a lifetime of talking. So, exactly. Hey. Very true. I love it. All right, Greg, I'm going to put all these names. Are you ready? I'm ready. You have one that's just an E. Is that? That's correct. Oh, okay. I mean, I was looking at it and I was like, "Well, you said these are all these, the these are a bunch of these are a bunch of gamers." What can I, I say? People, yes. Okay. Now we need to explain what this is for because some people aren't exactly aware what this is for. So okay, this is actually This is actually on the Discord channel, and we had about thirty of those people subscribe out of about five hundred. So this is for a coffee cup, which I don't have anywhere near me right now. Oh, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. I do have the coffee cup here. Oh, I, was like, I'll go get mine. I don't have cup one. Why do I not have hour. one? Oh, CJ, don't feel bad. I saw him at Dagacon and I literally jacked it off his table as I was walking yep. out the door. Like Comic Palooza or Comic Conroe. And I'll just go to his table and take it. Just go. Well, okay. No, I'm not going to say that because I don't want other people to do that. But go yeah. and talk to Greg. And then, look at him. You know me. I'm on with you. Like, we're, we're BFFs, man. <laughs> <laughs> I even have the t-shirt. I literally have the t-shirt. Yep. Hey, you know, I, I get it. I was just walking out the door and he was by the door. And I was like, hey, later's Greg. And I jacked a cup. But no one else do that. I don't recommend you do that. <laughs> We're co-hosts. That allows us a little bit of pull between the different co-hosts for different things. Like you guys Normally can jack books off my table. I can jack a coffee cup off of his. I'm telling you, I'm going to get myself in hot water. People are going to come to my table and just start jacking stuff. Be like, remember, Amy, you said on the con hour, just go jack it. That's not what I'm saying. Don't do that. <laughs> Anyways, let's spin it and see who wins. I love this thing. This thing makes me so happy. And the winner is. Oh, I thought it was going to be Dude. Man. <laughs> oh, so close. Nice. Nice. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Um, yeah. And then I'll get the information from you on Discord and get that it. cup out to you. Awesome. Man. Okay, let me highlight that. Congratulations. And Whoever just won their coffee cup, I can't pronounce your name. Now, one of the other things that I'd like to ask some of our guests is any words of wisdom for people who might be taking up music or singing or songwriting, Tara? Um, it depends on the reason why you want to do it. If you're just doing it for fun or a hobby, then like no advice. Just do it. You know, just have fun and go with it. Maybe take some lessons here and there and learn from people. Um if you want to do it for a career, I would add on to that. Do the same thing. But add on to that. If you want to do it career for a career, make sure you love it and know that it is um, really tough. And you're going to get a lot of no's and you're going to get more no's than yeses. But if you love it enough, you will keep going. And then eventually you'll get more yeses than no's. If 
you practice and really work on what you're doing and learn from people and always humble yourself and know and be able to take constructive criticism and you know you don't have to listen to all of it but you know take it take it all in and go okay well I'm picking that and picking that not all of the constructive criticism is for you everyone has their own opinion but um, definitely listen to it and don't think I'm too good for that you know because no one's too good for you know someone else's advice because it could change your life and make you better and anything that can make you better is worth it because if you're gonna make it for a career you gotta be better and every time I thought it was like I'm good you know if you ever think you're good enough and you're you know enough then you're not going to go anywhere from there you got to always be learning and be seeking um, you know to deepen your knowledge of what you're doing and to practice and uh, so forth you know you just the work never ends and it's not all glamour and fun there's a lot of a lot of other stuff that goes with it. But the benefits definitely outweigh, you know, when you find somebody who absolutely loves your stuff, that's something that's priceless. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and but you reach people at a different level where it helps them, like the song that we talked yes. about, you said it helps one person, then it was worth it. When you actually get the benefit of meeting that person, it just changes you. Yes, exactly. Definitely. And it's, it definitely is worth it. And I think that um, when it comes to, you know, doing that, it, it, you, you really got to do it for the right reasons as well. If you're trying to do music for money, fame, those aren't the right reasons. And if you're trying to find happiness with it, that's not a right reason either. Because if you aren't happy with yourself now, any amount of fame or money is only going to make you the same. It's not going to change you. It might even make you worse. You can't fix yourself or your um, feelings about life that way. You really got to work on yourself. So if that's the case, you really got to work on the inner self and seek something greater than you, i.e. God, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, thank you for being on our show. And I would like to announce next week we are going to have AnchorCon from Clayton, New York, with their first ever Comic Con next to Lake Ontario. So we look forward to having them with us. And after, the next week is who? And next week after that is Kevin Zorbo. Yes, Hercules himself. <laughs> Sweet. As for now, wish everybody a very happy weekend. And next weekend is July 4th, so celebrate safely, people. I don't want to hear about people having their hands blown off. Safety first. Until then. Adio, everyone.